0: when when the narrow makes its first move down and forward on the left
1: mm-hmm. okay,
0: what would be what would be the the measure that you would expect to lose
1: first okay. yeah. so my question is what measure if you don't want to rely on on your kinesthesia on your subjective uh, sensations and you need a measure to know uh, when is the when the the, the 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 weight moved really fully to the left before you you take it back? what What measure what you know w- would you check?
0: Okay. Um, so we can make it we can make it really simple, okay when when the narrow makes its first move, down and forward on the left. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
0: What would be what would be the the measure that you would expect to lose first?
1: Uh, he's uh, actually moving forward, so it's like a compensation of IR. Okay.
0: So if if the if the left side is going down and forward, okay, the first thing you're going to notice. So this is before the center of gravity starts to starts to move really far forward, okay? Yeah. You're definitely going to lose IR as the center of gravity moves forward. Right. As the orientation takes place, that's what's going to start to move the center of gravity forward. So the orientation is going to precede the slide forward, if you will, okay?
1: Right.
0: So when the left side orients, okay? Yes. And your orientation, you're going to lose the ER on the right. left side first. Mm -hmm. that's the distinguishing characteristic that's that's one of the ways that you identify like if you get stuck on like narrows versus wides and things like that it's like you go to your chessboard and you say oh what does my er look like it's like the first measure that i always teach people to pay attention to Mm -hmm. is is the er because that allows you to see like, like confirm your suspicions in regards to archetypes okay so
1: as we go from left to right the orientation is going to increase on the right side. Okay. So
0: by then, I'm going to have a deficit in ER and IR on the left side. You see that? Right. Yes. Okay. So as I go to the right, now my ER is going to drop off again. Yes. Okay. And then, depending how far forward the center of gravity goes, then the IR drops
1: off. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So when you ask me what measure, to use, I would say, well, how far into it are they? Sorry. Okay. Hang on. Hang on, boss. Hang Mm -hmm. on. So you're trying to self-test, am I correct? All the time. Okay. So what, what movement do you want to use to identify differences between the two sides? Do you want to use a symmetrical activity? No. No. Okay. So we have to use an asymmetrical activity because if we use a symmetrical activity, those measures can kind of hide, right? Like I might bend or twist in a certain way, and it just appears that I am I am moving through a full excursion when I'm actually just taking advantage of one side being more um, uh, adaptable than the other, okay? So I got to use an asymmetrical activity, okay? So give me an example of an asymmetrical activity that would involve your hips.
1: Uh, like to push, uh, to, to lie uh, on the side, on the left, and push with the with right leg, put the right leg on the...
0: Let's make this like a little bit easier for us to identify the differences, okay? Um, you ever do a, a lunge or a split squat?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, much easier to identify that movement as far as like you can feel it as you move through space. Okay, do you understand where the the ER and IR bias would be strongest in its representation? Uh,
1: in the split
0: squat.
1: In the split squat. Mm-hmm. I have to think about it. No. Me
0: too. But but let's not let's say that there's only two positions. When, oh, okay, so when when okay, there's you... two positions in a split squat and that. Okay. Uh-huh. There's the up part and then there's the down part.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Okay. The up part would be biased towards more what do you think? Late.
1: late.
0: Well, it's late on one leg and it's going to be early on the other. So that would be ER biases at the top. Is that fair?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Awesome. Okay. And then, so what happens at the bottom of the split squat is everything squares up and you see a bunch of 90 degree angles.
1: Uh-huh. So okay. it's
0: But that would be more, yeah, that would be more representative of an IR bias at the bottom. And so what we could do is we could say, well, I'm going to do a split squat on both sides. And if you want to get really technical with it, you could break out your your smartphone and you shoot a video of yourself doing a split squat from a bunch of different angles. And then you do your intervention and then you repeat your split squat and you go, does that look better? Does that feel better? But But you definitely need a knee that's going to bend. Right, and so you're going to have to recover the the tibiofemoral IR in early. Good morning, happy Thursday. I have neural coffee in hand, and it is perfect.
2: I'm also going to talk about knees, not ACLs, though. No, no, kind of shocking.
1: You quit your job or
2: something? <laughs> um, so I had an offensive lineman come in last week. Um, starting to see him for left knee pain. No like mechanism injury or anything. So I'm trying to make sense of the presentation a little bit because it seems a little conflicting in my head, but I feel like it's not. Um, so as expected by position and body type, he's got like nothing to work with. Um, like zero degrees of IR. On both both hips. Yeah. Does he fall um, on the table? Barely.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: Um, you got like a pretty obvious um your orientation like a the tibia femoral the joint. Yeah. So from like a chessboard standpoint, very, very late. But at the same time it's like just looking at him and standing. Um just like getting crushed into the ground almost like just dead middle in terms of like the eye orientation, everything falling in.
0: Like his foot his foot's going into the ground pretty hard?
2: Yeah, like both in the victory, basically on the ground. Gotcha. From like a pain complaint standpoint, he has on field issues, but the interesting one, and I think like the one we're gonna use is like okay the we to monitoring is stairs. So he doesn't have pain going downstairs, but going up hurts. Yep. So I'm trying to make sense of that a little bit because I feel like on the one hand with the late chessboard measures, I would almost expect him to not have the yield and like be able to get the overcome. But then at the same time, like if he's brushed into middle, almost like I feel like partially just by like body mass, that it would be tough to generate the overcome from like that eccentric yielding state. So I'm trying to figure out like why he has pain with it going up and not necessarily the down.
0: Okay, so um, uh, which, which is the uh, the um, which is the scenario that would describe what we just talked about with Manuel um, is in regard to which one is going to place the early demands on the knee?
2: Going downstairs would be early.
0: Okay, so
1: if you're going to do a, a front foot elevated split squat. Would that represent going up the stairs? I guess it would. Okay. Yeah. Here's here's a question. Did you did you test his, his ability to bend his knee?
2: Uh yeah. So I feel like very limited, a lot of that from like a soft tissue standpoint, like you just got no shot at getting to the butt from that. It's really it stiff, feels- right?
1: It's
0: really stiff when you try to bend the yeah. knee.
2: Yeah. You know why? He uh, doesn't have full knee bends he's got a
0: knee. Think about this: he's got a knee that wants that that is that is oriented to stay straight. Yeah, and then when he goes up the stairs, he has to bend it, okay, but it it doesn't want to bend. So here, most likely, based on, and I'm assuming he's a wide ISA, right? right? Yeah. Okay.
1: And he's ER-oriented. So everything's turned outward. No. <clears throat> Beat you, Greg Robbins. <clears throat> um, okay. Lost my train
0: of thought. That always happens every time. Uh,
2: ER-oriented?
0: ER, ER okay. Yeah. He's ER oriented. Okay. So everything's oriented into ER. Okay. But most likely, um, you've got... He's, he's anteriorly oriented. Center of gravity is forward. He's pushing down on that knee at the same time, right? The chances of that knee wanting to bend are, are slim to none. Okay, so simple rules reduce the orientation to some measurable degree. You're probably not going to get rid of all of it. He's an offensive lineman. Yeah. We don't necessarily want to get rid of all of it, but you, but you definitely need a knee that's going to bend, right?
1: And so you're going to have to recover the the tibiofemoral IR in early. Okay. Yeah. Now, what does this foot, what does this foot tell you? In terms of what? Yes. Uh, I mean, like my, my insert, I feel like that was
2: part of my issue in terms of like getting that to match up in my head with the, the board measures.
1: So hang on,
0: it, is it a late foot?
2: Uh, so I guess it's going to be a late foot that's orienting into IR. Yes. So okay.
0: Yes. So his foot's giving you a big hint as to what's holding everything in position. So where's he drop? Where's he dropping the IR into the floor? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it going straight through the subtalar joint, mid tar, uh, mid tarsal? No. No. Where's it landing?
2: Uh, you to all that somewhere.
0: So so it's it's in front of the ankle and probably medial, right? Yeah. Okay. Did you check his toes?
1: Uh, from like a range of motion standpoint. Yes, sir. I did not. I am
0: I'm, I'm willing to bet your your
1: your annual salary that his big toe doesn't bend. I see it, so I'll check that out. Uh-huh. So so start thinking
0: along those lines, right? So center of gravity is forward. He's dropping an IR too far forward. That's why you got to bring it back because you're not going to be able to um, position, think about this. I got to position a metatarsal in
1: relative uh, IR. So ER to IR, right? Yep. You need an arch
0: to be able to bend your toe, right? yeah okay
1: so i gotta go up to the knee with the same strategy you see it yeah but now why why doesn't he get any discomfort on the
2: way
0: down though
1: because he's still
0: got to. is he is he
1: okay so in what position is he going down the stairs from like an early middle weight standpoint? Or... Hey, say it, in say it, in say it, in I saw you. I saw you. In- huh? ER? In- yeah, in- he's in- going down, he's going down the stairs in the ER.
2: So like, all right, so, so we did, we are like messing around just like with the activity as an exercise a little bit.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And so what I did was, like, if we really broke it down, like almost like a little bit robotic with some constraints, he could do it pain free. So it was left foot up on a box, 12 inches uh-huh cable in the right hand to just give uh-huh. him a little bit of a cue to turn to that side and then Wait, if so, I would so
0: the cable's on the same side as the lead leg opposite opposite okay cool i'm cool with that yeah. almost like to
2: like help help turn him into that side
0: nope i'm with you i'm with you i'm with um, you.
2: and then like if i would cue him to slow it down and like translate the knee forward first to get to like the end of middle uh-huh. Push straight and then pushed straight down from there. Uh-huh. Like two moves. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was pain. It was free.
1: Awesome. You know you just did. But
2: gave him like a true IR. You gave him tibia. You gave him tibiofemoral IR, right? So now to the point about the stairs going down, though, like keeping that orient or like keeping that relationship, where I feel like I still had him in IR and kind of like using the idea that we had it on the way up, pain free, uh-huh. to let us know we had it. He could still he could go down pain free also.
1: Huh? But he's uh, but he's turning not- his hip socket towards ER as he steps down. Okay. So you think he's stepping straight forward because you're watching where the leg is landing. Yeah. You need to watch the proximal hip that's still up on the step. Okay. Forward is changing directions. Right. Like just because the leg is going in that direction doesn't mean that that everything
0: is oriented in that direction. All
1: right. that makes sense.
0: OK. But but the, like your, your exercise selection with the cable.
1: Awesome. Great idea, especially for somebody of his size. It's a really good choice. Uh,
2: what's it? I wasn't really thinking about the size as a reason for it. Like what's what's your consideration with this the size the, thing with the cable? Why do you like that? Um
0: you ever try to you ever try to move somebody of, of to of that degree of stiffness on a table? Uh, him. huh? Him. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, well, okay. So try to mobile go go mobilize this knee and tell me how 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 much fun you're having.
2: Yeah, I can't even catch- Dry. i can't get my
0: hand around yeah crying. no it's a it's a it's like a, it's a it's a really good choice number one you, you got his foot on the ground you're you're reducing you're reducing the demands on on connective tissues by position which is great right you're yeah. giving him a shot you're giving him a shot at at a great shot at tibial. just with the position alone and then with the cable influence you're you're helping him create the the early representation like like he again he doesn't know how to turn because he's not supposed to yeah. right an a lineman he's not supposed to turn right like he would resist that under almost every circumstance so if, if you try to put him on a table and capture foot contacts it's not that you can't do it i mean it's certainly certainly possible but again a much easier way to do it this is one of the reasons why you use staggered stances front foot elevated etc is because it allows him to to start in his er space and turn it into his ir it's like this is a great idea
2: gotcha all right so plan of attack for him i feel like i probably need to spend a little bit more time going after the early maybe and then those types of activities might become like he was able to do it but like something like that. Step up might become just a little bit easier and require less constraints and queuing after that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So hang on a second. So so let's think this through just a little bit too. Okay. You've got an anterior yep. rotation you're trying to manage, correct? Correct. Correct.
1: Correct.
0: Okay. What was the other advantage of the cable? By pulling him
2: forward. Uh, cable pulls him forward. He comes back.
0: There you go. That's it. Yeah. So you taught him. You said slow down. Right? Hold your pelvis back a little bit, capture your foot, bring everything around to the knee. Yep. Tibiofemoral IR. All
1: right. You see it? See so it. now,
0: everybody, everybody that has a knee problem that goes to Zach's clinic is going to be doing a front foot elevated um, what, uh, cable, right? Cable step up.
1: <laughs>
0: Everybody's going to get one now. Do you, do you notice that, that I don't say, I, I, I avoid saying diaphragm in the pelvis?
1: Um, I have not specifically. I, I say that. anterior outlet or posterior outlet.
0: Good morning. I have neural coffee in hand and
3: it is perfect. Good morning.
1: Great.
3: All right. So, I have a question that I've been trying to figure out. I have two things that aren't adding up. So I'll just, I'll position them both for you.
1: Uh Um, So
3: to get like a hinge IR position, like uh, you need an open pelvic outlet and a posterior pelvic thoracic diaphragm. Um, And that helps you move toward that position. But with a okay. wide eye.
0: I- sorry, you're talking about like a like a eccentrically oriented posterior outlet.
3: Well, uh, so I mean, this might be the question that I'm not being able to figure out. I I said diaphragm. That's what I mean. I know the outlet is needs to be eccentric. Posterior,
0: um, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just clarifying.
3: Yeah. So um, a wide ISA, for example, would have a a relatively descended. Posterior diaphragm, which would be more concentric. Yes. It seems to me like that would make acquiring the hinge position more challenging in that circumstance. So I'm I'm not sure how those two things add up together.
0: Um. So okay, you would need a concentrically oriented anterior outlet of the pelvis to capture the IR position of the pelvis. Is that is that fair? Yes. And that would be concentrically
1: oriented. So so why would a wide um, be better at doing that than narrow? Because their bias is towards that shape already. Okay, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, in, a, in a wide,
3: mm-hmm. so you have a concentric diaphragm. Yes. Opening the ISA uh, more concentric posteriorly. That seems like that would be
1: no, no. Okay. Hey, okay, hang on. All right. What's the posterior outlet in the thorax? Um, I I think it's T T ten in the space between the inferior angle of the scapula. Okay. Is it the diaphragm? David says no. I mean, David I feel said, like it's... said no at you.
0: I just want you to know that David is just going like this. He's going like, no way, boss.
3: I feel like it plays a role. Don't
0: feel, think.
3: I think okay? that. It plays
1: hang
0: on, a role. hang on, hang on, boss. Hang on, hang on. Okay. Concentrically, concentrically oriented thoracic diaphragm. Let's be clear. Thoracic diaphragm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: all right. As it descends, it bumps into what?
1: The
3: guts.
0: Awesome. Which direction do the guts go relative to the pressure that's being pushed down on it? Down. Awesome. Where is the space that's going to occur um, in the in the thorax as a result of that diaphragm shape?
1: Um, in the Bottom third in the back? In the back. Okay.
0: Sure. That's an expanded area. Fair?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. What would need to expand outside on the outside part of the thorax to allow that to occur?
3: I mean, that would be the muscular and posterior or lower.
0: Right. Okay. So now let's go to the pelvis. Okay.
1: The posterior outlet is equivalent to what? lower glute max
0: relative to the thorax what's it what's its equivalent what's its analogous structure
3: uh like the space between the sacrum and the ischial tuberosity is that what you
1: mean
0: yeah well that that's the space that i'm talking about but where is that up in the thorax
1: to clarify oh um i mean is it the space between the if you're angle of the scapula and the spine. Super, superficially, right? Yeah.
0: Okay, it's not the diaphragm.
1: Okay.
3: Oh, no, that's
1: well, it. No, <laughs> unfortunately,
3: not yet. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I think my confusion is um, to get that space to open, mm-hmm. the ribs need to be able to acquire the yard position in from t8 to t10 and that requires a
1: concentric diaphragm is that um you're talking about like the posterior rib cage yeah okay so what's the problem what what do you think is what do you think represents
0: what do you think represents the the again do you, do you notice that I, that I don't say I, I I avoid saying diaphragm in the pelvis?
3: Um, I have not specifically. I say, I say anterior
0: outlet or posterior outlet. Yeah. Okay. For reason being is because people think the posterior outlet is
1: a diaphragm, and it's not. Okay. I mean, I understand that it's not the same thing, but
0: okay. It, okay, hang on. So I have a concentric anterior outlet,
1: mm-hmm.
0: posterior outlet, which would be equivalent to the superficial musculature up in the
1: thorax, is eccentrically oriented relative to which creates the expanded representation. Okay. So when you look, when you know those pictures that they always show of the uh, the
0: the internal. Musculature of the of the diaphragm, the one that l- they look down into the pelvis.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Draw a line from like uh, uh, ischial spine to ischial spine. It'll probably go through the coccyx. Okay. Anything, anything anterior to that would be equivalent to the thoracic diaphragm. Anything posterior to that would be posterior lower. Okay. Okay.
3: All right. So the the concentric position allows posterior lower to open. Yes sir. Okay.
0: Yeah, because the in, in, in a, a concentric out, anterior outlet of the pelvis creates the IR shape
1: of the pelvis. Right. <clears throat> right. Then that would that would create an eccentrically oriented posterior outlet. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's like you gotta be. Like, and again, this is this is one of those terminology things
0: that that just puts a fly in the ointment, so to speak. Because they they want to call it a pelvic diaphragm. It's like okay, probably I, I understand
1: the representation. It just creates a massive amount of confusion. Hmm. Does that again, does that help you see it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay. Um, let, let me just make sure I have this, this clear, though. So like the anterior, <clears throat> the
3: concentric activity of the anterior outlet helps open up posterior lower and move the pelvis into iron position. In the, in the thoracic diaphragm, you do have the also concentric activity of the posterior diaphragm.
1: Yeah. So, okay. Yes. 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 And that also helps open up T8 to T10. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Because it's got to create the space.
3: As far as like nomenclature goes then, Uh how are we describing anterior diaphragm, posterior diaphragm, posterior outlet in the thorax? So... I, I think that might be what's tripping me up a little bit.
0: Okay, well, the, how many muscles? How many muscles in the anterior? outlet? There's a few, right? There's a there's a few by 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 name, right? There's a few. Sure. Okay.
3: Um,
0: is it okay? We're, we're talking pelvis okay? right now.
3: We're talking it pelvis. Are we talking pelvis? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 Okay. Is it okay if we have multiple muscles that are in the thoracic diaphragm too? I suppose so. And that would that would still constitute just the anterior outlet of the thorax.
1: Sure.
0: Th- look at it that way, right? We have a curl diaphragm and a and a, a costal diaphragm that can behave differently, but mm-hmm. under this circumstance, they're moving as one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So so don't let that create like like don't don't think that that's an anterior posterior outlet situation. Correct. It's a, that like that constitutes that outlet the equivalent of the anterior outlet of the pelvis okay okay
1: yeah yeah
0: and again like i said this is just one of those terminology things that i think creates a lot of confusion and that's why that's why i i I don't i don't like calling i don't like calling the bottom of the pelvis the pelvic floor i don't like calling it i don't like calling it the pelvic diaphragm because it just creates way too much confusion